feeling it. Let's do it. Moose crossings, red hot dogs, missing persons in salty bugs. Up to camp with Stephen King. River curses, Wesley sings. Homegrown horror. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the b -b 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 -bonus, bonus episode of Homegrown Horror. I'm Jackson, a co-host. I'm Bea co Today, uh, for those unfamiliar, every month we release a bonus episode that is related to a mostly horror-based movies in Maine. <laughs> in Maine. Except if it's December. <laughs> in which case... We'll do Home Alone. We'll do Home Alone. Yeah. Casper also wasn't really a horror movie, but I also wanted something there, There's a horror cute. element. There's a ghost. There's a ghost, and there is a lot of... There's a surprising amount... Actually... Today's episode, I do mention, I'm like, oh, we've had the most deaths in this episode. I think the second most deaths may be in Casper. Actually, yeah, I think you're <laughs> right. I think Casper was up there on the kill count. But yeah, today we're going to be talking about Dreamcatcher. Dream the 2003 film by Lawrence Kasdan. Is that it? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Stephen King adaptation of a book of the same name. Yeah. And it stars a, it's a, a kind of star-studded cast of Morgan Freeman, mm -hmm. Thomas Jane, Jason Lee, Damian Lewis, Timothy Oliphant, Tom, and, Tom Sizemore, and Donnie Wahlberg. I was very surprised about, um, Morgan Freeman is at the top of the call sheet, and probably just because he's the biggest budget actor on the film here, they have to put him Absolutely, on the top. Absolutely, yep. But he, uh, I would not say that he is the main... He should not be on the top of the call sheet, especially as an uh, antagonist of the film. He is sort of an antagonist. He is an antagonist. He definitely did not take the Kevin Spacey route. <laughs> what did, was the Kevin Spacey route? Did you ever see the movie Seven? Yeah, uh, a long time ago. Okay, so when it first came, like, he was not on... What's in the box? The thing is, he he's not <laughs> on anything. He doesn't appear in the credits. He doesn't appear... His name does not appear on any of the marketing. Yeah. Because he said, no, 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 don't, do not put my name on anything. And they were like, this is fantastic because the surprise is, is spoiler alert for like a it. really old movie, um, is that he's John Doe. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Like that was like, that's a, the big reveal in that the film. He, yeah, yeah. And no, like there really isn't any, like, cause I think these days you see someone's name on it and you're yeah. like, okay, I'm waiting for them to show up. Now, Which is kind of what you did with this movie. You're like, I'm waiting for Morgan Freeman. We're 40 minutes in, where's Morgan Freeman? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I was just thinking about Kevin Spacey and how that's a surprise to people. It's still a surprise, I think, to people now more than ever if Kevin Spacey's in anything. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Morgan Freeman, not a whole lot of screen time, but he is... I think the best character. I think so. it's fascinating. Yeah. So this movie is um, 134 minutes, which I think is also our longest one. I was actually surprised. Was the lighthouse longer or was it shorter? I think the lighthouse is around the same. Yeah, you're probably right, actually. This is yeah, so range. I think that, yeah, I think those are kind of. with. They're both over the two hour mark. I know that much. Yeah. Okay. But anyway. I I liked this movie more than I 
anticipated because this move like literally you google Dreamcatcher and one of the recommendations is is Dreamcatcher the worst movie ever made i don't think so there are some <laughs> i think that it is a interesting film i did like it more than i thought i would i don't think i liked it as much as you though i liked it more yeah and i think it's just and that's totally fine like i'm not saying that it's a particular it's not a perfect movie by any means and there are some things about it that i'm just like i have confusion on how i feel about it (laughs) i'm like not sure how i feel yeah i also wasn't really sure how i felt about out this film most of the time but i will say that i thought there were things in there that were very unique that i hadn't really like seen before except in modern stuff so i guess that this predates a lot of that this is partially an alien ripoff though it is yeah it is and but at the same time it kind of knows that yes it it very it's There's, very on the nose. There's a whole thing where they reference the film Alien in the story. Yeah. So it's like someone, it, yeah, no, someone in the um, U.S. government secret service is a fan of Alien. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna call it Ripley. Why? <laughs> that chick that from movie. Alien. I don't fuck about that movie. The, yeah, they say that broad from Alien. From Alien. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very interesting movie. I. We had thought about reading the book, but the book was very, very long, and I personally didn't have the time to dedicate to it, nor the energy. (laughs) It truly was, for me, also just a lack of, honestly, it was a lack of interest in picking up this book. I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to, yes, I'll get more details from the book, but I would say that knowing that this film wasn't really well received overall i was kind of like who cares there's probably gonna be after, a lot that's after different. watching the movie are you interested in reading the book no no i'm still not the really premise interested. is still not the yeah. premise isn't really grabbing me i i don't it's super stephen king's work is really interesting because i think he has a lot of ideas but whether they pan out is very hit or miss yeah absolutely and i think from what i've heard from pretty big Stephen King fans they feel that way about a lot of his work the guy churns out books constantly not all of them are going to be winners he's still a great writer no Mm -hmm. doubt and I'm sure if I picked up Dreamcatcher the writing would probably be pretty solid but I might not be crazy about yeah because I and I mean I like his tone in a lot of in like what I've read it's interesting it's super funny because on one of the one of the podcasts that I was listening to was talking about, they were talking about misery and this is uh, the, you are good podcast, which actually fun fact, one of the hosts is actually located here in Maine as well. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. So that's part of the reason why I, I listen is because it's a fairly larger podcast with somebody who's from Maine, but they were talking about misery and you know, they were talking about the fact that a lot of Stephen King's male characters are him and a lot of his female characters are his wife. Mm-hmm. and you know write what you know but i i think that because he does that there is a sort of, there is a very strong personality that comes through in a lot of his prose mm-hmm. and i like it it's pretty good um i mean i was i i thoroughly enjoyed reading pet cemetery 
I enjoyed Pet Cemetery as well. I thought that that was a very good film, and I would, or I thought it was a good film. Um, and I thought reading the book actually accentuated my which film was a good uh, film. The, the later one, because I actually, yeah, I would say that I like Dreamcatcher more than I like the original Pet Cemetery. Really? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The original Pet Cemetery is not good. <laughs> no. I actually would also like, I wanted to point out that, so I remember, because my grandmother and I used to go to the movies a lot when I was uh, young. Like, every weekend we would go to the movies. And I remember seeing this poster. It was sitting, like, where you buy the, the box office area, where you buy the tickets. It was, like, under the glass. Yeah. I remember seeing it and being like, the fuck? <laughs> I, you know, I was in the third grade, so I was, like, eight years old, and just being like, this seems like a big no. And I have always sort of had that impression. I always was like, I, I am not interested in this movie, especially learning that it is about aliens. I have a really straight, like, a very, ugh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, just trepidation, unfounded fear of aliens in um, general, especially if they're internal. Uh, <laughs> I get Slit, you. Like the, something. I'd say the growth. This film, in this book, I imagine. Let's stop talking about the book. We're going to sound like assholes. <laughs> it's it's gross. It's a gross out film. It's gross. It's a creature feature gross out film. That's a ripoff of Alien. <laughs> but, um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, I don't hate the film. I don't love it. And that's fine. Yeah. And it, it's, it's middle of the road for me. It's very, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so let's jump into it. Uh, I did actually keep track of the deaths in this movie. And this does have the highest death toll out of all of the movies that we have watched thus far yeah once we got halfway through that bad boy i was like a lot of people dying now (laughs) yeah i so the the, it really starts off with uh, our core group is these four friends Mm -hmm. we have henry who is affectionately known as h uh Mm -hmm. jonesy which Mm -hmm. jones is his last name jonesy is his nickname i don't know what his first name is there's beaver beave and then Mm-hmm. Joe uh, H is a psychologist. Apologist. Jonesy is a um, professor. Professor slash like career counselor or something like uh, that. Yeah. Um, what does Beav do? He Beav is Beav, bro. I don't think we uh, we ever really figure that out. Yeah, we didn't really get what Beav was all about, and then uh, Pete was a used car salesman. A used car salesman, and. We kind of, they're not subtle about it, but they have telekinetic powers. Like they can talk to each other if they're in a certain range through, you know, telepathy, but they can also get into other people's heads and they are not subtle about this. No, like H literally is like reading his client to filth. Yeah, exactly. And it upsets him. Which, honestly, I would be too. <laughs> yeah, his whole opener was just like, are you just eating yourself to death because you feel guilty over the death of, of your, your mother, mother when you didn't, like, help her when she asked for help? And he's like, how do you know that? 
that. <laughs> like, everybody always says, you weren't there. Yeah, everyone is like, how would you know that? I, you were no, there. You were there. And I thought Jonesy was very sweet because, like, he's he, he has this um, student who's coming in and he apparently cheated on his exam, but... Jonesy gets into his little worms into his little brain and was like, oh, there's a lot more going on here. He's all, this kid's also from Maine because I think they're in Massachusetts. And he just is like, oh, yeah, that's right. You were sick that day and he's tearing it up and he's like, you didn't take that test. Yeah. He sees his beat up uh, PF flyers. Yeah. He's, Jonesy is... A good, I like Jonesy. Jonesy's a good egg. Jonesy is a good egg, and he's very easy to attend. I think they're yeah. honestly all better than I thought they were going to be. I I really liked this core group. I'd say for that the most part. they hit a stride. Um, unfortunately, when Beave when he died, that was his peak. I thought in his acting, it sucks. And then I think everybody else's acting it's got so a little sad. bit better after that point. Yeah, I, Pete is a little bit harder because he uses, so we, you know, we see H kind of uses his, he, it's hard, it's probably hard not to dig into their brain when you're like, this is literally my job is to dig into your brain, but I can actually literally do it. Yeah. Well, it was also kind of fucked up about that scene. And this is our first introduction to H. H is the first character we see. He does this whole thing with his client. And then he levels a revolver to I was nervous. I was nervous. <laughs> He's just, the client leaves and he turns his back to the, he turns his front to the window and we just see him like lower a revolver to his skull and think about, just hold it there for a very long, long time. time. Yeah. Um, and then that's when jo Jonesy ends up calling him. Yeah. They have yeah. a conversation. They're like, we're going to meet. So he's like, okay, I'm going to meet with, you know, meet with these friends that I've had for so long. I have a little something to live for. Pete uses his ability to pick up chicks. Yes. We... <laughs> and they get creeped the fuck out. Yeah, no, he, uh, he helped this lady find, uh, her car keys. She came in and she was like, do you do copies of keys? It's like, it's going to take all day. And she's like, no, I have a client that I have to meet. And then Pete acts all creepy and says, all right, I'm going to find your keys. I'll help you out. And he does find the keys and a puddle. But he's like, if I find your keys, I get to take you out to dinner. Oh, yeah. And she's like, okay, probably thinking like he's not going to find them. And then he finds them in a puddle near her car after like, quote unquote, retracing her footsteps. But it's more him telling her exactly what she did. And she's like... I am thoroughly creeped. <laughs> yes. No, she does seem visibly uncomfortable. She's visibly, which again, I would be too. <laughs> and uh, we get a really nice feel for Pete as a person uh, overall. Creeped out lady drives off and B missed it, but he says, just another fucker -o. They say it a couple times. So yeah. like, we thought initially that it was like some sort of like derogatory term for a woman but like they use it for other things i think it's just I think like it's just another sort of like the another thing they throw around is ssdd same shit different day yeah so i think it's more related to like yep just me doing my weird psych thing me being weird and people not liking it <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah i think it's interesting they're all a little suicidal i think 
Yeah, they do. They're all a little off. They're all, uh, um, they all have some fucked up things going on with them. Yeah. Um, and then, right. So we get introduced to all these folks and we get a shot of, um, Jonesy. He's walking home from work. He's walking home from work. Aviv calls Jonesy, I believe. Was that it? I think so. They're planning to get together. So they're yeah. all kind of calling each other, like, and they all have this sort of, I think they all also have this sort of weird feeling. Something's not right. They all are getting this kind of, some, like, you know, yeah, that's why they're like, off. something feels off, which is why they're like, we should get together and figure, you know, talk mm-hmm. through it. And he is standing at the, um, at the, uh, not at a crosswalk. Well, was He's it a like, crosswalk? No, it wasn't a crosswalk. He was in front of a theater, I believe. Yeah. He was just walking down the sidewalk and looks across the street and sees um, the old image of a character that they'll be referring to the entire film named Duddits, who is a mentally challenged friend of theirs. Friend of theirs that they all know. And they rever- um they also have a lot of respect for they do as well. absolutely yeah but he sees uh, a past image of Duddits of when they first met when he was being bullied and Jonesy walks into the street and immediately gets hit by a car I screamed yeah just because I was not expecting it I said he Joe blacked himself <laughs> just like, holy <laughs> shit and. You know, he is kind of going in and out, and he gets another flash of Duddits. Yeah. And he says he he can't quite understand what he's saying. Yeah, he says What some, he's referring to. It almost sounds like for you're, you're kind of just thrown into Duddits' sort of like way of speaking right at that moment. Yeah. But he said something related to Easter gay. Which is something that Duddit says a lot, a lot throughout the entire film. Um, and it's related to sort of, I guess it's sort of like a speech impediment for him mm-hmm. that he isn't able to pronounce, you know, he isn't able to pronounce certain consonants. Correct. Um, but anyway, so we get an image of him again speaking directly to Jonesy in the ambulance uh, that is taking him away. And then we cut to six months later. later. And he is alive. Yeah, that was very jarring overall. Like, there was a lot of... Because I was like, oh, he's definitely dead. And it's like, no, he's like one of the first person people they show. Yeah. We're like, okay, he's here. We're good. I was like, all right, But cool. he, he has... Now his hip is fucked. He cannot walk properly. Mm-hmm. And again, it's only six months later. We don't know if, like, is that going to be a forever thing? Or we right. don't ever really know. But... So, for, but for the time being, he's there with the rest of the guys, and they're all kind of like, you know, take it easy. We can handle the the hard stuff. Like they're getting into the, this cabin, yeah, called the hole in the wall. Yep, they call it the hole in the, the wall. wall. Um, it's just this rundown cabin in the middle of mid coast Maine somewhere. Yeah, it's because yeah. uh, they are not far from Derry, <laughs> which <laughs> is. If you are un- uninitiated, that is where it takes place. Yeah. So I think that there are... It, it, the Stephen king verse is fascinating because I feel like they are related, but they're not, but they are. 
Yeah, the psychic powers that we were kind of surmising at, or we're just kind of thinking about them, is like, is this like some shining related thing? Like, like in the Green Mile, they talk about the shining a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the shining and, and Doctor Sleep, and Dr. which. Sleep. And all of these people have the shining, which is basically these special powers. I don't think they're all consistent necessarily. I think the books are more consistent than the movies are. Probably. Um, but anyway, like we don't have any idea what exactly these powers are. And the powers actually seem sort of like ancillary to the actual threat. They're unrelated to each other in a way. Y- yeah. It's it's interesting. And something that I really like is the set design in this cabin because Mm -hmm. i know one of the things that we do is we judge on how well they portray maine they have some main specific brands in the fridge they have oakhurst the natural goodness of a maine and then they also have uh, oh god i can't read my notes gary's gary's yeah they have gary's which is a local uh it's a main beer brand in the area and it's pretty famous yeah you can get them at the sea dogs game that's how main it is <laughs> so i i was really impressed like I, I immediately have like oakhurst with big exclamation points yes because they you know you could grab any milk but to i was like okay cool i'm really impressed with this <laughs> so the boys are all just hanging out drinking a lot of beer you know cook you know they make some food they're just kind of shooting the shit yeah they're just hanging out and they, apparently they do. Yeah, this is their annual trip. They've been doing it for like 20 years mm. at this point. So they're not, they're not missing any years, man. No, and they're going through, you know, this, it's interesting. I kind of like the way that it's set up because we get to know a little bit about them through these, this conversation and it's not like a dump. You know, you get are getting flashes through the conversation. It is still con- kind of confusing, but yeah, we get introduced to this idea of some of these guys have a memory warehouse yes which is related to their powers but it's sort of like i guess a mind palace yes where it is just a depository for all of their memories and supposedly they need to move memories out of the mind palace to make room for other things mm-hmm. and they're like so we see that like we because we get it from jonesy's perspective and he's like packing up boxes yes and they all are labeled and i Again, I really like this concept. It was cool. It's a the, cool concept. The look of the memory warehouse that Jonesy has is also interesting. It kind of also almost felt like... Um, the house in Casper? Yes, it did. It did very much feel <laughs> like that. When I was like looking... Like, it has these walkways and like interesting railings. Everything kind of looks dated and old. Um, and what did very much feel like the house from Casper, like the lab specifically. Yeah, you know? it was, it, I, I think it's cool. There, again, there are things in this movie that I think work and or almost work. Yeah. And I, I think one of my biggest things is like, I think that the, the story itself is fragmented in ways that I can't quite reconcile. Everything's jarring. That's Everything the, is jarring. That's the thing about this film is like, I think the scenes are okay. The transitions are so fucking nuts though. Because again, this is a problem just with film adaptations. Like you miss so many details and you are left with the decision of, okay, well, do I just leave a lot of details out and 
just self-contain this film into a tight story mm-hmm. that works or do I exposition dump or do I try to like try to get as much information as I can and possible without making it awkward this film tries to add information without making it awkward but I mean, it, yeah, everything just becomes jarred because also at like immediately following this kind of conversation we get a 20 years earlier yeah you know again it's just kind of like Hi, okay. A lot of flashbacks overall. Yeah. They flashback to the scene of when they first meet Duddits, who, again, we are not really sure about the relationship to Duddits that much. We just know that he was a friend. We find Duddits being bullied by three jock type. They also seem older. Older jock types, yeah. Um, that are, you know, stripped Duddits of his clothes and are trying to make him eat yeah, dog cause, shit. Because, the, yeah, they, the, the four, they find Duddits' shirt and then his Scooby-Doo lunchbox, which says, I belong to Douglas. I can't remember his last name. I forget his last name, But too. I belong to Douglas. If the boy who owns me is lost, return him to this address. Mm-hmm. So we kind of... You know, that kind of informs us maybe on, you know, this kid, he gets lost a lot. Yeah. And he needs to have his things labeled. So as they're like, what the fuck? They hear Duddit screaming. And yes, they find these boys trying to feed Duddit's dog shit. They have stripped him. They've beaten him. Yeah. This poor kid. And the reason actually, this is funny. The reason that they're in this area is because they're next to this abandoned warehouse type thing. And they're trying to get to look at a picture of the homecoming homecoming queen's pussy. Yeah. Who is, it is supposedly in this building. Yeah. Which is insane to think that that'd be, it's one of those like weird, (laughs) weird, weird, like adolescent boy rumors. Yeah. Like, oh, this is where you can go find porn. In this age, that's before the internet. Internet, They're yes. just trying to, trying to get anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking weird. But they, long story short, they tell off the older bullies in yeah. sort of a very weird way. Just like, it's weird. It's awkward. It's weird. It it's is sort really of like, weird. I'm going to tell everybody what you're doing. And it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll fucking kill you first. And they're like, <laughs> Do you know who that is? That's uh, Pete something. Or yeah, like, they're like, it's weird. He's the you're never gonna catch him. And then the boys number are one, like, oh. I'm like, the kid actors are not great. No, the kid they're actors really aren't not. Great. Um, the second thing that my second thought of this whole scene was Stephen King must have something against Dairy Maine <laughs> because he makes it seem like a thoroughly unpleasant place to live. He really does. Like, in all of his films... There are no redeeming qualities. No, and everybody wants to move out, which I think for a lot of kids growing up in semi-rural locations, I would say that any kid would want to get out of their house. Yeah. Most kids do. Like, um... Bruh, like... Yeah, he's real. He throws shade at dairy so much. A lot. (laughs) I feel like we have to go to dairy sometime and do a tour of it just to, like, (laughs) understand why he shit-talks it so So hard. So much. And so, Duddits, you know, the the, the bullies run away. Duddits is kind of having a panic attack. Yeah. He is just gone through this very traumatizing experience, and... It's kind of sweet because, who is it? Was it Jonesy? I don't know if it was Jonesy, but one of them starts to sing to him. Yeah. 
And it's really sweet as they're cleaning him up and, like, getting him all sorted back. And they're like, we're going to take care of you. You know what's kind of funny about that scene, too? That kid that sings looks like Finn Wolfhard. He kind of does, yeah. I was just, like, thinking that the entire time. I was just like, did they clone Finn Wolfhard? From this guy? Is Finn Wolfhard just another Um. series in the chain? (laughs) (laughs) But he looks it, exactly like him. It's wild. He also talks like him too, which is really funny to me. <laughs> and it's a yeah, they're you kind of get the vibe that they're just these these kids are actually quite good. They're they're good. They're, they're good, good kids. eggs. Yeah, yeah, they're good eggs. Yeah, and you know they get they get um him all Duddits all you know he they get him calm they get him all cleaned up. And, but before they go, they need to try and find that pussy. <laughs> they got yeah. They have to go. They also point out the what's written on the wall, which says "No bounce, no play," mm-hmm. which they all find really funny. Dumb kid shit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and they are like, you know, this whole, you know, this whole porn thing is a bust. And one of them says, "No, we we came here for a reason. It was for him." Then they all turn to look at Duddits, who's smiling back at them. And then we cut back to modern day and mm-hmm. um h and pete are at the store yeah which i have visited like it's just like a kind of old school general store in the middle of nowhere i have definitely been to a place like this <laughs> <laughs> and you know they're getting beer getting more gary's yeah. gotta stock up pete's thirsty <laughs> yes pete is very th- pete is a borderline alcoholic in this moment, yes. But he, like, waves it off. He's like, oh, I don't do this all I the time. I don't do this all the time. Yeah, and I was like, like, okay. Hey, just because it's 11 a.m., don't throw shade at me. I don't believe in, like, an hour thing. I don't know. It, no, we record early in the morning and you always have rum. You yeah, actually don't true. have anything today. No, I have some Here's coffee. coffee. I'm very tired this morning. so We're all tired. I stayed coffee. up till 3 a.m. cleaning, so I'm also tired. I was snoring a lot, so I was sleeping on the couch, and, oh, no. and my cat wanted to cuddle all night, which means he sits on me for five minutes and then shifts around and sits on me for five more minutes and then shifts around. <laughs> it's like I'm being waterboarded by a very adorable furry creature. <laughs> oh, no. It was cute, but I'm a little sleepy this morning. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, though. We cut to Jonesy, who is hunting. Yeah. He's in... um. What are those fucking called? A deer stand. Deer stand? Is it a deer stand? He's in his tree fort. <laughs> Let's be honest. You hunters just like getting into your little tree, tree houses yeah. and just playing, playing boy. Playing yeah. boy house. So Playing boy house. <laughs> playing boy house. So he, no girls allowed. <laughs> he's got his sights on a deer, but then he sees this guy. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walk in through the woods and he does not look good. No. He, he is out of sorts. He's got like this red mark, like mark, like not like a rash, but it's just something is wrong. He looks like he's seen some shit. Looking pretty bloody as well. Yeah. He's not, he's looking rough. He's looking really rough. So Jonesy being the good egg that he is gets down. And he's like, Hey, don't worry. Like, hi, you know, can I help you? Yeah. He, collects this guy up he brings him to the hole in the wall 
And, you know, he's kind of asking him, like, you know, what's happening? He's like, yeah, I was with some other people. I got separated. Like, I've been out there. I got lost. Like, I have no idea where I am. I have no idea what, what, how long I've been out there. And Jonesy gives him some food and notice it, like, when he gets all his clothes off, he notice, or, you know, his out, his, he gets his clothes off. Yes. Stripping down. Um, gets off his winter clothes. Mm-hmm. He notices his chest is distend is distended. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Not looking cool. Not he's like, no. oh no, like something's not right. He's really worried for this guy, and I, he, he's just so nice. Like instead of being like, so, this guy's weird, he's like, no, so, this guy needs help. Yeah. Like his first thought is always these people need help, not like something like something is wrong. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's not something, it's never, something is wrong. It's, this person needs help. Exactly. He's just like a good person. <laughs> like, through and through. Yeah. And, you know, he, the guy, as easy, like, he starts burping and farting. Yeah, he's, he seems to be having a lot of intestinal issues. He's eating soup and just burping and fart, farting. Beef comes in at this point, mm-hmm. comments on the fact that this guy's like just farting up. Yeah, the storm. and the guy's like, I ate some berries in the dark. I don't know. I'm like, dude, like, are you poisoned? Yeah, are you like, gonna you're die? Like, oh are no! Right? And something else that we notice is, as time goes on, like his chest goes back to normal, but then his belly is distended. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, what the? F-? And it looks so. It looks really like in grossly engorged. Yeah, it is not good. It is off. Um, and yeah, he's not doing well. He goes to lie down, and then we cut back to um, H and Pete. Just you know, they're driving. Driving. Pete's just drinking beers. And the weather's the also not seat. great. No, no, they're they're driving down a snow covered road, and uh, Pete tells H to gun it. To, because there's like a bit of a snow bank in front of them. They have to crash through it. And they, they burst through it. Yeah. There's a woman on the side of the road. H tries to swerve around and ends up flipping the car a couple times. Yeah, and Pete thinks he's broken his leg initially. Yes, but H drags him out. He's fine. He's just and they, they laugh it off. <laughs> they laugh it off. I was off. like, I don't, know if, I don't know if I'd be laughing if I flipped over the car, but you know, okay. Yeah, I think it's a more of a hysteria kind of thing. I think like, you're thank right. God we're alive, sort of. I laugh. think you're probably right. You know, and they go to this woman, and again, Pete is kind of a fucking ass. Pete is an ass. Pete's an ass throughout the whole film. <laughs> yeah, he, you know, they H is like, "Hello, I'm a doctor. Like, are you okay?" And she's not really responding. So then Pete like gets up in her face and like, "Ah!" <laughs> and then she responds, yeah. and I'm like no shit Sherlock and she's she has the same sort of like rash red marking on her neck yeah that the guy that the other two have run into yeah and we're like okay and she also mentions his name she's like I have to find him mm-hmm. you're like okay so these two were in their the, the hunting party group together right and they I think they're husband and wife yeah are they? Yeah. I didn't get that sense, but I thought so. Maybe? Maybe I missed something. I don't know. But um then we, you know, they pick up they pick her up and they are like, "Okay, we're going to 
you know, try and find some help together. Yeah. Because she's sitting out in the middle of the road. And um, we cut back to the cabin. And yeah, also, there's a lot of jumping between the boys in the woods and, and the, the boys, boys in the, the cabin. cabin. I was eating at this point. <laughs> and I was like, I'm making a mistake. Because um, it gets really fucking gross. <laughs> it does. Um, because Jonesy and Beave realize that there is heckin' blood. <laughs> well, actually, first, they're, they notice all the animals. Oh, right! And then the helicopter. Oh my god, I totally, sorry, I skipped ahead. Yeah, so, um, yeah, all the, like, they notice all of the animals are all going in the same direction. Including they see a fucking bear. And they're all just very calmly (laughs) walking. They're all, you know, they're all just like heading in the same direction. And they're like, what? And then they see the helicopter. Yeah. And they see a couple guys uh, sticking their heads out of the helicopter. In PPE. In PPE. All saying, this area is under quarantine. Quarantine. Don't move. Stay where you are. And they're like, hey, can you take this sick guy you know, he needs help, and they're like, we're glad you're okay. Bye. Bye. And also, so this is the 40-minute mark, and Daddy Freeman is flying the helicopter. Yeah, we get a nice little shot of uh, Morgan Freeman kind of glowering almost, looking yeah, down Yeah, if you at were them. waiting for him, here he is in all his glory. It's like Principal Skinner, like, staring down. <laughs> Pathetic. Yes. <laughs> um, so then they turn back around and go inside, and there's heckin' blood. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, ruined that for you all. Heck and blood. Heck and blood. There's a blood up, like within the span of them just going outside for a minute, they come back. There's blood all over, a trail of blood leading from where Rick's door was into the bathroom. Oh, his name's Rick. Yeah, his name's there Rick. There we go. Yeah. When I said I didn't know, you should have said something. <laughs> I think I was thinking about something else. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> We're professionals. <laughs> but yeah, so they are like, "Hey, buddy, yeah. how you doing?" Uh, they they're they're like. And he's like, oh, I'm doing okay. Don't worry about me. And then they're like, okay, we're going to bust this door open. Yeah, because they're like, you seem to be bleeding a lot. He's like, I'm not bleeding. And they're like, like, fucking hell, you're not bleeding. (laughs) What? Yeah, seriously. It's just like, oh, everything's okay. It's like, no, no, everything's not okay. No, it is not okay. They do bust the door open and Rick is, his eyes are closed. He's staring ahead. There's blood everywhere. Everywhere. There's blood all over this bathroom. It's really fucked up. And they're trying to say something to Rick. Rick is not responding. And they're like, is he dead? And then they just hear something plop into the toilet. And they're like, no. he. Well, actually, it's interesting. Because Beavis like, no, he can't be dead. He just took a deuce. And it's like, actually, when you die, your body vacates. Yes. So. Yeah. He probably is dead. <laughs> Dying's gross. <laughs> like same, like ob- same logic, different conclusion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, I also had that thought. Was like, no, uh, you, yeah, your bowels evacuate when you die. Um, but they go and touch him, and he falls forward, and it looks like he got like he got ass blasted. Like his butt is just fucked <laughs> yeah his butt is just all sorts of fucked he's just bleeding from his rectum um it, it's it's awful looking it's super gross and then 
they flush. They realize something's in the, the toilet. toilet. Then they flush. No, they. Or, Beef sits on the toilet. Oh, Beef sits on to because the they're like something's in here, yeah. and it's like trying to get out. Okay, yeah, and yeah, something's trying to get out of the toilet. Beef flushes initially, and they're like, yeah. It's in, okay, the it's in the septic tank. tank, and then it comes back, and it's like yeah, it's like fighting harder, fighting harder to get out. out of the toilet. And and Jonesy and Beef have a way too long argument about who's gonna go try and find the friction tape. It was duct tape, friction tape, some kind of tape to close off the toilet and deal with this issue. Because um, Beef is like, you gotta go. Yeah, and. And Jonesy is like, nope, we have to switch places because I have a bad hip. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Beav is like, I can sit here and deal with it. Like, I, I can take your time. Yeah, no, it's like, I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. I can I can hold this down. Um, and But yeah, no, he's still like having to fight to hold down the toilet seat. It's pretty stressful for him. But so Jonesy goes off. They finally agree on on the order here. Jonesy, Jonesy does come back and is like, but like yeah, you can do it. Just hold tight. Oh yeah, no, like, yeah, go. Just go, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, he comes back. He's like, hey man. And this sit scene, tight. and 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 it, like, is, Are you it serious? is. Are throwing a joke in the middle of this? I know, right? <laughs> it is really tense because something that we haven't mentioned is, Beave has this sort of OCD tendency with toothpicks. Yes. Um, we we're introduced to that kind of early on, but we don't really get the extent of his OCD. We just know that, yeah, he's always got like a toothpick in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, as he's sitting there, he's trying to fish out a toothpick, but the toilet he buckles bu- yeah. and his toothpicks go flying and those toothpicks are all on the ground and he's really trying to reach for a clean toothpick that isn't stained with blood because most of it has fallen into blood. But it's just kind of out of reach. So there's this whole tense situation of he's trying to keep the toilet seat down, but at the same time he's trying to lean so he can grab his toothpick, and then you know what happens. The fucking yeah, monster. The gets fucking out. monster gets out. It is this tentacle eel thing. Yes. And it like it its mouth is vertical and it opens up and it's got like all of these teeth. Intense large rows. Rows of teeth. Yeah, just like. Gross. Yeah, and mouth. Its mouth opens like sideways. Yeah, that's why I said it's yeah. like its mouth oh, is yeah. vertical. Yeah. yeah. So, it takes a chunk out of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and by chunk, I mean all of his fingers. Yes, it's like <laughs> it very quickly too. He's just standing there, and he's like, "Oh my god!" No. And all his fucking fingers. And so are gone. he's fighting it, and it's oh my god. It's super fucked uh, it's up. It's fucked up. And yeah. we keep getting that interspersed with Jonesy trying to get to find this tape. And he's struggling to find it. And um, is he still like when he gets back? When he gets back, uh, Beef is still kind of fighting the thing. Yes. Off. Okay. Yeah. So Beave is still fighting the thing off, but and Jonesy's like, "Oh my God, what the fuck is that?" And then Beave is saying, "Like, lock the door, close the door, close the door." Yeah, and then the creature lunges at Beave's neck, and Beave tips over. He's dead. He's he's gone. Yeah. So that is the that's technically our second death. Yeah. First one is Rick. 
So we're at two deaths. We're at two deaths now. Um, then the film gets really fucking weird, and Jonesy's closed the door. He's yelling, you killed my friend. And... What the fuck? And then a lar... Um, he's trying to hold the door, and then the door handle falls off. The okay. door opens, and... You assume that the, the monster, the, the alien, is going to attack him. Yes. But instead it just calmly... Very calmly. ...slithers past him, and we see a shadow come up behind Jonesy. Yeah. And it is a large, um, pretty much a stereotypical, like... A gray. Gray um, alien, basically. That's what they're called. Is They're called the grays. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the humanoid... Gray aliens, big heads, big eyes. Yeah, so your stereotypical Roswell alien. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like looking at him and they kind of have this, they're just like staring at each other. Yeah. And then it releases this red mist. Yes. It almost, he almost like explodes yeah. into this red mist. And Jonesy's, and it's a shot of Jonesy like breathing in this mist basically. Mm -hmm. Then we're back, we're at a military yeah and guess who runs this military operation daddy freeman daddy freeman <laughs> and also this is the this is also the first time that a we find out that there there is an infection yeah because they have everyone from this entire area quarantined yes and yeah. it is called the ripley they call it the Ripley in their little command center. Like that broad from, from the, the alien, alien movies. <laughs> and this is also the first time that we hear what will what these aliens are called, which are shit weasels. He, he calls them he shit calls weasels. He calls them shit weasels. Yeah. You don't want to get exposed to those shit weasels. weasels. And Morgan Freeman is... It's so interesting because he's so fucking aggressive and threatening. Yes. Oh my God. It's so funny. Um... So we learn a couple things within this situation, you know, that he's been fighting these aliens for 25, 25 years. years. And I'm like, the government is failing, your government budget is failing you if you've been doing this for 25 years. He's got a right, uh, right hand man named Owen. Owen. Um, and yeah, we get a little peek of his character after he's doing this exposition dump about the Ripley's and... The red mist and the red stuff is a fungus that spreads. Mm -hmm. um, we meet a soldier and he starts grilling the guy saying, did you let um, a mother and child, child go past this quarantine zone Quarantine zone at this time? And the guy denies it. And then he backtracks and says, well, they weren't even part of the zone. And then what, what's also funny is that Morgan Freeman at the same time is like, now, be honest with me. He sounds very casual. It yeah. seems chill. And then at the same time, we notice that he's like checking his gun, gun and then he's loading it and cocking it and then he's pointing it at the soldier. And he, and he <laughs> says, he's like, can you give me Scout's honor? That you Scout's honor shit. that you are not lying to me. And he has nothing to say. And then Morgan just blasts his fingers well, off. Well, no, because he does the th the three, the Scout's oh, three yeah, the fingers. Scout, three finger Scout's honor. And he's like, oh, yeah. I, I Scout's honor. And then he blasts not lying. his fingers. He blasts his fingers off. <laughs> yeah. That's why I said he is like in fucking tense. He's a very intense dude. So, he's yeah. so intense. And Owen's oh, just like, 
you have to do that? And he's like, well, you know what? He crossed a curve. Because his his name is Curtis, Lieutenant yeah. Curtis. And Lieutenant he's like, Curtis. he crossed a Curtis line. He crossed the Curtis like, line. Dear God. <laughs> I love it. Also, guy who, you know, names certain rules after himself. You get a good idea of who he is as a character. Also, what's really funny to me about his character his gun, his main gun that he uses, is this engraved 9mm pistol with a pearl handle. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, wow, this guy is flashy yeah. for the military. Uh-huh. This guy's a cowboy is what he is. Yeah, We also so find funny. out that there are some people who believe that whatever infection these aliens are causing, it only affects part of the population. Yeah. He believes that that's bullshit because he knows better. General Matheson doesn't know shit. (laughs) Yeah, so he's like, I know better and we, anybody that's infected has, we have to execute them. Yeah. Is kind of his feeling. Yeah, so that's, that's the line we get. We go back to the boys in the woods. Yep. And they kind of find this little area where there's like a campfire Mm -hmm. and, you know, they lay, like they set the woman up and, um... Age is like, I'm going to go back because your your leg is injured and also you're drunk. Yeah. To Pete. And he's like, can you just got to stay here with her. Do not go back and get the beer out of the car. Yeah. You dumbass. Yeah. And. He totally does. He does. <laughs> Spoiler alert. He does. And as Age is leaving, Peter, again, is a fucking asshole and is like, hey. If I die, make sure everyone knows she wasn't my date. You're so fucking gross. Oh, he's a gross dude. He's gross. Like, remember how I said I I like all of them? I don't. I like everyone except for Pete. (laughs) I like like Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, because he actually does a very good job with the character, but I'm just like, bruh. I mean, I just like Timothy Oliphant as a person. I think that he'd be a great dude to hang out with. (laughs) He seems like a cool dude. <laughs> so, Timothy Oliphant is, like, talking to the lady. Yeah, but the lady's not responding. She's not responding. He He's goes sleeping. to get more alcohol. Yeah, he has the beer. He went to go get beer. And, and now he... she's tipped over on her side. And he's like, oh, shut I? Good idea. Yeah, and he's just drinking and talking. He's just shooting the shit with himself. And we get a sort of pan... A like we're behind, like we get a shot where we're behind the woman and we start panning across her body and we see that her ass is just bloodied. Yeah, so we know what's happened. And then the snow behind this lady is um, there's a bloody trail going into a snowbank and there's a very noticeable rise in the snow as we mm-hmm. can surmise that the shit weasel is in the snow yes. running around. Pete's drinking. He's like five beers in on this session of yeah. his drinking. So, you know, he's drunk as a skunk here. And, like, he throws a beer behind him, and it seems to stop the weasel in its track. I think the weasel was just going to go fuck off into the woods or something. But and... if he attracts the attention of the shit weasel. Yeah. And then... Uh... He decides to take a... He needs to take a piss. He decides he needs to take a piss, and he proceeds to write his name in the snow. No, I th- did he write his name? I thought he wrote Duddits's name. Oh, he wrote, yeah, he wrote He's Duddits. Duddits. He wrote Duddits's name in the snow with his urine, and as he finishes it, the shit weasel 
comes out of the snow and bites him in the dick. Yeah, because he pees on it. <laughs> yeah. I it, thought his dick came off. I guess his dick didn't. Come I don't off. think his dick came off. Uh, he would have been dead if his dick came off. Yes, he would have been bleeding. Um, so, yeah, he fights with it because it has bit his dick. And then I'm. it has, like, this sort of, like, it's like a three-pronged claw kind of thing yeah. at the back. And it's going for, like, his face and neck. Yeah, it's trying to, like, stab him wherever it can get. Um, and he fights it off. He he does a smart thing. He leans forward into a fire. Into the, yep. And he learns, uh, okay, I can burn this thing. Which I think is really smart. Even though yeah. he injures himself, I think what it's, are like, you gonna do? it's, like, risk yeah. versus reward. Like, either this thing stabs me, eats me, whatever it's trying to do. Or I get burned. Yeah. But survive. Yeah. So that is the choice that he decides to make. And I think that was a really smart move. Yeah. To be it completely was, honest. It was a smart move. So we last shot we saved him, he's burning the thing with a torch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we cut back to Jonesy, which we're like, oh, he's alive. Yep. But then he does some weird shit. It's like he has a, he's deadpan in the face. Mm-hmm. He gets on a snowmobile. Then he does this really dumb, quirky smile. You don't like this. I like this. But in this scene, we find out that... It was weird. Jonesy is, like, locked in part of his mind palace. And this alien, who is called Mr. Gray, has control. And he has, like, this British accent. But, yeah, it's so... It's... I think it's... I think it's interesting. I thought it was... (laughs) You thought it was corny. It was very corny, yeah. But again... I am a we. I am one of the two reigning kings of corn, and I liked it. <laughs> I I thought it was really corny. Um, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was weird that. So there's this whole throughout the rest of the film, Jonesy is talking to Mister Gray. That's in yeah. his body. Mister Gray takes on a British accent. Yes, and seems to. Speak in this way, I guess, because he learned the language through some kind of weird British terminology, I guess. Yeah, it's interesting. Not really fully explained. No. But he also, it's really funny because he also, he was going through Jonesy's, you know, memories and stuff. And he picked up some swear words and it's hilarious. Yeah, he's like, nasty stuff. I it's I think it's it's funny. I kind of like it. <laughs> it's really weird. But yeah, yeah so he so he's on the snowmobile and H is walking through the woods and he's like Jonesy because again if they're within a certain range of each other yeah they can it's interesting because it's almost passive because it's like I don't quite know if they can necessarily if they necessarily can know if the other one like is getting in their mind or whatever. But he realizes that... He senses him. Yeah. He's like, it's Jonesy. And then he's like, no, 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 no. no. That's not Jonesy. So, that's not Jonesy. So he hides. Yeah, he hides in the woods. Because, jo- you know, Jonesy Gray is pulling up on him. Yeah. And, again, I think for a horror movie, they make some really smart choices. They do. I agree. I think there were some smart choices. There, There is not really ever a time where I'm like, wow, this dumb fucker. I'm like, okay, I can actually really see everybody's choices that they're making here. Yeah. This all makes sense to me. I would say, yeah, I agree. I never saw anything that was absolutely insane. I think the whole beef thing 
the whole beef thing and him like reaching for his toothpicks was the most upsetting because it was like I know it's an OCD. It's hard because like it felt like it was a compulsion, and he's in a tense situation, and it was like I think this is a coping mechanism. Yeah. There's something going on there that isn't quite explained. Yeah. But I think I got that vibe. So yeah, I agree. That is like the most upsetting. I agree. Yeah, I do agree. Um, where are we? <laughs> so they there's a there's a flashback. There's oh, a girl yeah. that's missing, mm-hmm. and <laughs> they use they use the R, the R word for the the school that a lot of these. Um, we know what it is. <laughs> Special needs. Yeah. I'm trying so hard to just, not, like, I don't know, man. It's I don't know if it's because it's an old movie or what. Like It was 2003, man. It's not good. <laughs> but, so they're looking for this girl who's lost, and they, it seems like they've used, they, they are aware Duditz has powers at this point. Yes, they acknowledge, then they say, oh, Duditz can do anything. Duditz yeah. can do anything. And so he, they call him their dream catcher. Yeah. And so what they do is they all kind of like put their hands on each other with Duddits in the center. And he, this is sort of like when he, he gives them telepathic powers in yes. this moment. Yes. He is able to grant that for them. So then this is when I'm like, I have additional questions about Duddits, mm-hmm. which we will get into later because I have some stuff that I was looking at and I have more questions. But um, he also is able to show them this thing. Like, it's this, how to describe? Um, the thing with the fingers? Yeah. It sort of reminds me of like in Donnie Darko when Donnie's able to see the life paths of people as they go through their emotions. It sort of reminded me of that. There's like this weird distortion that appears in front of these guys as they circle their fingers around. And this trail seems to lead them to where they want to go. Yes. So they are taking, yeah. So they're able to follow this path to this missing girl. Yeah. And the other thing that's interesting is like, they initially are like, Oh, Duditz is sharing his powers with us, but then they also realize that this is now permanent. <laughs> yeah, then they're like, okay, I can do this forever now. <laughs> like, Which I think at first is it's kind of fun, and then we see like now it's not as fun no, as it, an adult. It becomes it's debilitating in a yes. lot of ways. <laughs> um, but so they go to the woods and they do find this girl and they save her. Yeah, and it's in this very. It does remind me sort of of like because it's she's in a is a culvert. Kind of, no, not really. How do you, how to describe? They're in a storm, she's in a storm drain. Storm drain. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. And again, I'm just sort of like, it? Where's Pennywise? Yeah, it did kind of feel like it. And we were also in dairy, so it was kind of like, is this sort of related to it in a weird way? Yeah, but she is alive and they find her and then they do this. Here comes Mighty Mouse to save the day. And it's really, you know, very, very kid-like. Um, it's adorable. It's yeah. adorable. And then we cut back to present day and Jonesy Gray pulls up on Pete, who is alive. Yeah. And for now. And Pete kinda like talks, but I think immediately is kind of clear. He's like, Who are you? Here. 
And that's why, like, Mr. Gray is now fascinated by this group. Because yes. they're like... How do you know? Because also, the other thing that's interesting is he very clearly is like, something is up because Jonesy is still in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, Mr. Gray is aware that Jonesy is still in there somewhere, and normally that wouldn't be the case. Yeah. He could possess them, and they would, you know, die. And so... He's already kind of interested, and, you know, Pete knows something's wrong, and he's like, this is fat, you know, Mr. Gray is like, interesting, mm-hmm. and he's kind of being threatening, and Jonesy's like, just tell him what he wants to know, and so then Pete does the finger thing, yeah, because he, um, Mr. Gray wants to go to Massachusetts, yeah, and so he does the finger thing, and it sort of, like, creates a path to Massachusetts, yeah, and so he's like, okay, Peter, you are coming with me you because very you are useful very Peter. useful. Yeah. For now, for now, you are useful. You will live for now. <laughs> yeah. So I think the next part is we get the army guys. Oh, and their, uh, yeah, Flight of the Valkyries uh, Vietnam moment here. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I was not expecting this at all because I th- I honestly thought Mr. Gray was kind of like alone. Mm-hmm. But... We find out that there is a whole ship. Yes. There's a whole spaceship. And they are, there are a bunch of these humanoid greys hanging out around it. And as they're, because their plan is to fly in and decimate. And, um. It's actually, this is actually sort of a badass moment for Morgan Freeman. It's corny as fuck, but it's still kind of badass. They're. They're coming over towards a cliff, and all of a sudden, they all hear the same voices that are saying, there's no infection here. I said, there is no infection in Bossing Say. There's no infection in Bossing Say. But yeah, so, but they are also, (laughs) they're in like, very, they're human voices, and they're children, there are women, there are men, and you know. We're dying. We're dying. Please help us. We're not here to cause you harm. There is no no infection. infection. And Morgan Freeman is like, this is that they're trying to affect our emotions. Yes. They know that they can play to human emotion. Yeah. It's like, these aren't, these aren't men and women. You might think to yourself, who would be so cool? Who would be so unjust? Who would be such a monster to kill these people asking for help? And then he says, I'm that monster. monster. <laughs> it's so badass. It and is pretty badass. So they go and they're like... <laughs> Yeah, they just they just go nuts. They unload on this, and it was pretty interesting. We as they're going over the hill, they see the crash ship, and they see these gray bodies. As they start shooting them, they no longer they morph back into their original forms, and they're these basically larger versions of, of the, the shit weasels. weasels. But they, and they have legs. They have legs, and they have giant stabby tails and uh, the huge rosy teeth. They're enormous. Yeah, so I don't know if they're just, like, general shapeshifters and they're like, oh, these are humanoid beings on this planet and which is why they did that. Yeah. Or if they just have two forms in general. It's very confusing, honestly. Like, I don't really understand their rules, which, again... Ghost like, rules, now we have alien rules. We have shit weasel rules, rules. let's be honest. Like, we, this is very, like, self-contained because it's sort of like... I originally thought Jonesy was dead and he's trapped in his mind palace because... We'll get into it. It comes after right after this scene. Okay, so anyway, yeah, the copters are flying in. 
Um, they do take out quite a few of them. They take out quite a few. And some of them decide to go in because what's happening is when they get to the... Um, when they get to the... The spaceship? The spaceship. They, like, sort of, like, attach themselves in and they, like, into the spaceship. Yeah. The alien's not the helicopter. Oh, so. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, no, you're good. But, yeah, the aliens then seem to trigger... Uh, as Morgan Freeman says, a self-destruct sequence. sequence. He tells them to get out, but the soldiers don't believe him, which is really funny to me. It's like, no, they would like follow their command and officer. Yeah, no, they go in and they get... They get blasted. They get blasted. By the exploding ship. So so I have the current death toll as... We have three humans that are confirmed killed. All of the aliens, and then probably how many... Oh, so if there's two people per helicopter, three helicopters went down, so six? Yeah, probably about that. And I actually realized I didn't mark them down, so that's let's okay. see. So that's three. So now we're at nine. We're at nine deaths altogether. We're at nine deaths altogether. Not it, just human it's deaths. A, it's an estimate also. We don't know how many people are in the helicopters. That's you know? true. That's true. More. Who knows? Um, we then cut back to <clears throat> H. He comes back to the cabin. Mm-hmm. And it is covered, and I thought it was blood. It just looks like very crusty blood, <laughs> but it is actually spores. Yes, it's actually spores. We we realize it's fungus. We can see it spreading rapidly all over the place. H is looking around. He's not stepping on the fungus. He's kind of skeeved out by it. He goes into one of the bedrooms. And notices a shit weasel curled around a pile of eggs. Oh, he also sees Beeb's body. And Beeb's body, yeah. He notices Beeb's body and he's like, what the fuck? Yeah, so the shit weasels are curled around a bunch... The shit weasel is curled around a bunch of eggs. And you're like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. And then he has a gun, right? Yeah. yeah. So he ends up... Like, long story short, he shoots the shit weasel. Yeah. And then we find out that some of the eggs have hatched. Yeah, he finds another pile of eggs of hatched that have all hatched and they're basically like if you've seen the movie slither they're just like you know these little like leechy tadpole yeah they're very leechy yeah but there's a bunch <laughs> yes oh my god there's a bunch in there um and they're all crawling on the ground trying to get him they're crawling up his body he's like swatting them at the same time he's like well he went to go get a gas canister and he's trying to spray it everywhere at this point. And he's spraying it all over. And he's also stomping leeches. And some of them are like crawling up his pants. And, and I'm like, like, oh my god. them away. Oh my god. It's pretty gross. <laughs> and uh, he successfully is able... He drops his matches. He drops his matches. But he's able to get one and he like has enough Again, friction on his thumb. so smart. Like yeah. he, he see... Like you think that he's going to try and go for the box, which is now covered with these babies. Yes. And you're like, oh my god, don't do it. But he... Is smart. He's like, no, all I need is friction. And you're like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can light a match with just you your You want to try it? I kind of do, actually. Do you have a match? No, uh, Allegra used them all. Okay. Another um, time, then. Another time. That'll be a Patreon bonus episode. <laughs> we'll test the science of all these movies. <laughs> Watch Jackson try to light a match with his thumb for 40 minutes. <laughs> 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 what great content. Uh... <laughs> But so, he burns the place down. Yeah, he's able to burn the place down. It's and he gets sick. out. Yeah. He, he gets out. He also... Um, 
we do see later he ends up at the government base. Yeah, he gets he eventually like gets rounded up. He's away, gets found by some government people. Yeah, he's cross country skiing. He's cross country skiing badly because he falls over, and then uh, it is really funny because they're like, "Stop where you're going!" You know, halt, and he's like, "I am halted because he is. I'm on the ground. I'm on the ground." (laughs) I fell, you saw. <laughs> and as so we cut to Jonesy Gray and Peter. Yep. Uh, they're having an argument. Jonesy, I think, is kind of talking to Pete a little bit yeah. telepathically. And uh, Pete's getting pissed. He's like, fuck you, whatever. Uh, he says, bite, bite my... Bite my bag. Bite my bag. And Mr. Gray turns around and he's like, oh, Okay, Peter. I'll bite. Your bag and everything else. And yeah, and then he, he devours him. Yeah, he fucking murks that dude. Because oh, he turned, he, it's hard to tell because like, I don't know if he like he, comes out of Jonesy's body or if Jonesy's body. It kind of seemed like Jonesy Jonesy's... morphed into the creature, which then made me think, oh, Jonesy's dead. But the, yeah, it, it's and confusing. It's so weird. But yeah, Pete gets murked hard. Okay. So now we're at 10 deaths. Yeah. <laughs> we're at 10 deaths now. Oh boy. And uh, after, oops, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> after that, we're back at the camp. H is being escorted in. The um, base, the, the, the military camp. Yeah, to the military camp. And Morgan and Owen are kind of having an argument about what to do with everybody at this point. I don't know how they predicted the pandemic and how people would act. This is 2003. And literally, as they're walking through the quarantine people, they're like, you can't do this to people in America. This is America. You can't do this. I'm like, (laughs) oh, Lord. It's like, even if they don't, like, yes. This is 2003. They are planning on murdering them. Yes, correct. Because they are infected. But also, at the same time, um... You are infected, so um, yeah, you are gonna be rounded up and put into quarantine. Sorry. It, it reminds me of like I think it happens a couple times. There was this, like scenes in South Park with Stan's dad, and he's like drunk as fuck, and like people are telling him to shut the fuck up. And he's like, I thought this is America. <laughs> so yeah, I was just sort of like, did we know that if there was a mass infection, this is how people would act? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I I feel like it, it, we shouldn't be as surprised as we are. So, but it's interesting because Owen and Curtis are going through and they're talking, just sort of like trying to figure out what to do. They don't necessarily agree on what they should be doing with people Mm -hmm. in quarantine. And when they go outside, H is coming up, you know, he's coming through and is being led into the camp and he mm-hmm. says you know he's a doctor and they're like good we need doctors in there yeah but he just I th- like you can kind of tell that he's trying to penetrate into them yes yeah he is he's trying to the this power does not make it subtle no yeah, <laughs> h is like very weirdly awkwardly staring at curtis because i was like is he possessed too and then you realize no this is just how they have to do it yeah no we were kind of left with the questions like did did h get like turned at some point we didn't realize it and like no he's using his powers very obviously (laughs) (laughs) he's just acting like a creep (laughs) Uh um there's a weird little conversation yeah owen and uh morgan curtis are talking in the command center they do not they don't really agree they don't really agree on the situation of what but owen is just sort of like i'll do what you tell me yeah that's up to you you know you've been doing this longer kind of thing 
Um, Owen leaves. H intercepts him and just spews a bunch of information that only Owen would know. And mm-hmm. Owen's like, what the fuck? And then he's like, he doesn't think that they could be saved, but they can be saved. And I have no idea how H knows that. Yeah. Um, but he says, there's a, there's another, there, there's, a, oh, the conversation between Morgan and Owen was just like, the thing we gotta watch out for is a hitchhiker. Which is what Mr. Gray is. Yeah. He is a hitchhiker. And the fear is that anyone who is infected could actually have the alien inside of them. And yeah. and it's not and it's more of a possession versus the shit weasels using the body as a um yeah. a vessel. An incubator. Yeah. You know, very much like xenomorphs. It is very much like Xenomorphs, or, yeah, the Ripley. Um, so, yeah, there's a whole conversation of, like, oh, this is the thing we have to watch out for the most. And he's like, and, you know, so H knows, my friend is a hitchhiker. The thing you're worried about is happening, yeah. and I can help you. I know exactly where they are. You gotta, like, get me out. I can lead you to them. We can end this. And Owen's like, oh, shit, yeah. And he's like, I know that you're about to go call Math- Matheson. Yeah, well, he H actually gives the idea of, like, here's what you do. Yeah. It's like, you tell... Matheson. You call Matheson, they'll bring in the cavalry, then we go get, a, we go get Jonesy, you know? Yeah. It's like, Matheson will take care of everything here. That's your first problem taken care, care of. of. Now you gotta go get Jonesy, and that's what we'll do. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Owen goes back to Curtis, and you're like, oh! Initially, you're like, what's what's he doing? Yeah, He's yeah. double-crossing. Yeah, he's, Double telling, he's telling him everything about, like, there's this guy. I think yeah. we should hear him out, though. And then Curtis is kind of actually kind of receptive to it. He's like, okay. And he gives him the gun. Yes. He gives Owen the gun. Sort of a passing of the torch. Because he's, he's like, like you know, after this, I plan on retiring. That sort of thing. Yeah. It's like, this. here you go. Like, yeah. This is the passing of the torch, basically. Yes. Um, it gives him this badass gun. <laughs> so he tells, Owen tells Curtis, the guy's waiting for you down in this barn. Just hear him out. So... He go so Curtis goes to the barn. He's in full PPE, and turns out he got he got he got got. He got, got. Yeah. Uh, the guy that's in there is the one who actually owns the land that they're on because he has been cast away here while they are have the the government has the full run of his land. So he's pissed. He's like, "What the fuck, man? I've been here and, for days." And <laughs> Curtis is like. That son of a bitch. And because uh, also as this is happening, in comes Matheson. Yep, Matheson and comes in hard. He comes in hard with the rest of his army and he's like, special operations, this is no longer your mission. This is now being taken over by the United States Army and General Matheson. And Curtis is like, Matheson. <laughs> <laughs> Matheson. Owen. Dinkelberg. <laughs> Owen, at the same time, uh, uses a jeep to smash uh, a cell that um, H is in. I think this is really funny because H is just sort of like, you were going to hit me? And he's like, well, if you're telepathic, I figured you'd hear me coming. (laughs) (laughs) That was really funny. So that was fun. There's some interesting humor sprinkled through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's some real funny moments here and there, for sure. So they, they get in the car, they fuck off. Yep. And so then Jonesy, who, Jonesy Gray is still on the, mo- is on the, 
the snowmobile and like comes across the road. Oh, as, and... this is funny. As Owen is driving away, Morgan Freeman sees Owen. Oh, and, yeah. And, well, Captain Curtis, or Lieutenant Curtis says, you just crossed the Curtis, Curtis line. line. <laughs> That's right, he does. So, we then have... We jump around a little bit. Yeah. It's moments of jumping to... Um, Back to Jonesy. Jonesy Gray. Jonesy Gray. Jonesy also, before this, he also pulled over an army convoy. Yes. And with a German shepherd in it, he kills the army guy. So we're at 11 kills. Yeah. And then at the same time, he makes the dog eat some red fungus. I was really... So the dog gets Really infected. upset. So let's just count the dog. So we are currently at 12 deaths. <laughs> We're counting the dog. <laughs> We're counting the dog because we know that dog has eaten that shit. He is not making it out of this. And he's just making these sad whimper sounds. Oh my God. And also it's really gross because Mr. Gray's like, good doggy. Good doggy. Eat yes. it all up. And you're like, no. Yeah. So the dog's all going to be infected with the shit weasel. And you see it in his, you know, it moving. Oh my God. <laughs> It's so bad. Poor puckers. Yeah, I literally had to go in the other room and tell, like, like, because Emily and Allegra and Allegra's cousin were in the, the, they were cooking, and I was just sort of like, don't come in because doggy could die at any moment. Dead dog. (laughs) Dead dog. (laughs) Dead dog, do not eat. Um, So, so we get cut, we cut back and forth between Jonesy, he's driving down to Massachusetts, and he's trying to hit a main water supply. Um, basically... He's going to infect the water supply. Yes. He's going to poison the water hole by dropping a leech in it, basically. Or a shit weasel. A shit weasel in it. Yeah, baby Um, shit weasel. Yeah. So, and then it's cutting between that and then also, at the same time, uh, H is actually using Owen to go grab Duditz, who we now realize is is alive. alive. Yeah. Because they keep talking about him like he's dead. Yes. But we get there and Duditz's mom is waiting and she said, he's been getting ready for you. He knew you were coming. Yeah. So he's been And we also find out Duditz has leukemia. Yep. Yep. So he's not Okay. I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't know what it is, but every time adult Duddits is on screen, it like pulls on my heartstrings. And like, he's I, looking really sick. I own like a lot of like it brought me to tears at one point. Yeah, it did. just <laughs> I have a lot of like really weird things that make me sad, including like sort of um, just imagery of like abandonment and things like that. And I'll get to that later. But yeah. you know, the mom is like letting him go. He's yeah. like, you know. I don't want him to die here cooped up in this on this room. I want him to die. He, you know, if he's going to die, he's got to do what he thinks he has to do. And also, he'll be with you. Yeah. And she packs... He still has that Scooby-Doo lunchbox. And she packs up his medicine. And he's got, like, a Scooby-Doo plush that he brings. Yeah. And it's... It's it, it's sad. It's really sad. It's very sad. It's really sad. <laughs> so, and we're... Duddits is helping, basically, to track... Um, jonesy mm-hmm. more at this point so i guess h doesn't have tracking powers he just has psych powers yeah he only has he, psych yeah because also pete only had track also powers. jonesy yeah. is getting out of his range yes jonesy is getting out of his range so they're using duddits to then track and they're following pretty close on their tail so we're, we have duddits we're cutting to that then owen uh is like asking duddits questions trying to like get more information of where they're going they're following along. We say Jonesy again. He's now pulling over a cop car. Yes. He's 
ate that cop. And Thirteen. <laughs> Thirteen. And then he has the dog in the passenger seat, and he's using a cop car to drive. Um, yeah, no one's going to stop a cop car. No one's going to stop a cop car. He has the lights on and everything. Like, yeah. He's not stopping. Um, and then... I would also like to point out that for some reason in this half of the movie, we get these wiper transitions like yeah. from a windows movie maker like <laughs> the same ones you see in like star wars and yeah. i'm just sort of like what fucking year is it <laughs> <laughs> where's the moment where um jonesy in the mind palace steals the information mm-hmm. about dead yeah so yeah he or no i think what he does is he because it's not in the room where De- where jonesy has locked himself up so he goes out into the mind palace yeah so we didn't talk about this but there are different scenes of the mind palace and like the creature is inside of the yes. mind palace and Jonesy's in a closed off separate room that is, has like guarded information that he keeps. And yeah. And Mr. Gray has been trying to get in this whole time. Yeah. And there's, I forget what exactly is the moment, but like Jonesy is distracted with something else and the, or Mr. Gray is distracted with something, something else. else. Then Jonesy takes that opportunity to go into the rest of the mind palace to try to steal information on Duddits that he doesn't want to reveal mm-hmm. to uh, because to yeah. Mr. Gray because Mr. Gray has been asking like who taught you these tricks and yeah. who told you about because we also find out that um, you know the Ister Ister Gay that we heard during the um, car crash like when he get when Jonesy got hit by the car is Mr. Gray yeah. And he's been saying that for a long time. He's been, you know, it's something that he would say periodically. And um, so there's something about Duddits that is linked to Mr. Gray. We don't Mm -hmm. know what it is yet. And so he's like, he cannot have this information on Duddits because it's gonna, you know, he could use it to his advantage. Yeah. Um, I guess we could just jump to the end at this point. Yeah, at this point. Because, yeah, we, we, you know, we have that going on. Um, and so they get to... They get to a main water supply. First, we have Jonesy arriving. Yeah, Jonesy so. arrives. I think another thing to point out is that we find out that Owen, the gun that Curtis gave Owen, has a tracking device. Yeah, and so Curtis, we get a shot of Curtis like, ah, oh, this is where they went. I'm going to go fuck him up. Yeah, because, you know, he's just saying, like, you know, he's placating Matheson, being like, oh, yeah, don't worry. Yeah. I'll get out of your hair. Oh, you, Then he steals a helicopter. Over. He steals a helicopter. Yeah, he steals so he a helicopter. So he is en route to the water supply as well. Yeah. So Jonesy arrives first. He smashes a window to get into the water supply. And he's attempting to open a yes. grate. Which, of course, he had to, you know, the body he possessed also happens to be injured. Yes. <laughs> and has a hard time moving. Yeah. So he's he's also dealing with that. And that's sort of slowing him down I a considerable it was, deal. It was funny to me because it's like, it's really funny to me that a lot of this aliens race main focus on taking over is crashing in a rural area <laughs> and then having one, at least one lone agent somehow get through it. And apparently they've been trying to do this for 25 years. years. 
And it's so funny to me. It's like, wouldn't you think you'd just send more ships at some point? You could easily take it. Right. Over. Also considering <laughs> they had to self-destruct an entire ship. Yeah. It's like, at this point, why don't you just... You know what? I take it back. There is There are some choices that are not not like logical in this movie. And it's on, on the part of the aliens. On the, yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness they're idiots. Because if they are just slightly more self-aware and a little bit less full of themselves and just decided to... <laughs> Go big or go home. Oh. They would have taken over the earth. <laughs> like, oh my it's god! Really funny. <laughs> so, I, I that's was something I thought to myself. It's like as scary as these guys are, they really don't seem like that much of a threat. They're really not. So, yeah. So he's trying to get in, and then up pulls Owen, and Dud. You know, Joe, um, H is in the back holding. Duddits, because Duddits yeah. is not doing well. No. He looks so sad. Yeah. <sighs> okay, and so, so they, Owen is like, I'm gonna go. Yeah. Do not get out of this car no matter what you hear. Uh, like. Excuse me. <laughs> I almost had a weasel in me. That was bad. <laughs> There's this, Jackson's got a shit weasel in him. I'm we should. start farting loudly. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, stop this room. Oh, dear God. Um, uh, <laughs> sorry, this is the last episode of Homegrown Horror. <laughs> Uh, and start of our new um, servitude to our overlords. Yeah, Mr. Gray. <laughs> so, Owen gets his assault rifle out of the trunk. Yeah, he locks and loads. He walks over to the uh, to the water supply and he's like, don't come out no matter what you hear. Then who the fuck comes over the tree line? It's Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman is petty as fuck. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Does he, he doesn't... <sighs> He doesn't know what's happening. He doesn't know what's happening, but also I'm like, dude. <laughs> he literally throws everything away to try to kill Owen. <laughs> and like, it's like your main concern of what you've been doing for the last 25 years is about to happen. And you're wasting your time shooting at your former colleague. Yeah. So they have a firefight uh, with Curtis in the helicopter with his big boom boom gun, his bang bang bang, and yeah. um, he like Owen holds his own against this you know Gatling gun basically. Yeah. He <laughs> he unloads a couple clips of his of rifle into the uh, into the helicopter, but then ultimately takes out the pistol, this badass pistol, starts firing at it like General Patton trying to shoot a fighter jet. <laughs> Uh, trying to shoot a bomber and some shit and he does actually end up hitting the tail piece of the helicopter that tail piece spin the helicopter spins out morgan crashes freeman dies morgan freeman so dies. 14, 14 and then we and then owen also dies because he has also he's got shot he's got bit. he's got gunshot wounds so he also dies so 15 <laughs> i think there's like 50 caliber bullets that go into that minigun so it's so funny to me that he's just like fine after a couple pass-throughs of this thing yeah. and i'm like he would have been hit once and he'd and, and obviously been torn to shreds <laughs> in, during this h and duddits seek cover and then as they come out you know oh they realize owen is dead so h tells duddits to stay. this is where i almost cried because he tells duddits to stay there and we just get yeah. this shot panning out of like duddits standing there alone holding his scooby-doo yeah and that it just triggered something within me and yeah. i was just like <laughs> yeah, you're really, really feeling it for Doug. It's here. Oh my god. I was like, oh my god. H goes into the uh, water supply 
room. I don't know uh-huh. what you call it. But he goes into this water supply area. Jonesy's still trying to open up the 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 manhole cover. Um, shit weasel slithers out, out from, from the, the dog, dog and charges at H. H uh, really underestimates the recoil on this rifle. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. He, he like hip fires, which is and and I think this is really funny to me because he does hip fire and then they actually do play out. Oh, he has like real recoil, recoil. that he has to deal with, and he's like panicking. He's like, "Oh shit!" And <laughs> the it's interesting because the shit weasel ends up like going mouth first onto the the the, uh, gun. the gun, and so he is able to just kind of like blast blast it at some point. Yeah, and. And then he's having a whole conversation with, with Jonesy Gray, mm-hmm. who's in charge, who is there. Um, and, you know, he's like... I, I don't think he's influencing me anymore. More, I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell if he's gone or not. And then we notice an egg. He's, you know, he's he's obviously still possessing Jonesy. But then we notice an egg fall out of the corpse of the... Um, Shit weasel. Of the shit weasel that just attacked him. And the little baby comes out of it, and it starts to very slowly make its way to the open grate. <laughs> yeah. And um, that's when Duditz comes in. Well, because he's... Because H is asking Jonesy, tell me something that only we would know. Yeah. And something that he... Like, he just is like... No. SSDD. And he's like, not good enough. Yeah, because that's written in the Mind Palace's SSDD. And yeah. he's like, nope, that is not good enough. And he says, no play. Or he says, no nope. bounce. And then Duditz comes in and says, no, no play. play. And he's like, okay. He's like, hello, Mr. Gray. Hello, Mr. Gay. Hello, Mr. Gay. And Duditz, to H's horror, is walking towards... Mr. Gray, Mr. Gray transforms into his, he comes out of, he does come out out of of Jonesy. Jonesy. So Jonesy is now, um, sovereign over himself. Yes. And yeah, Mr. Gray attacks Duditz, stabs him with his tentacle, uh, his butt end tentacle and pins him to the ground. It's very sad. But it's like, it seems like he's trying to get it out and it won't come out. Mm -hmm. It won't come out. And... I don't know how to describe this because so Duditz turns into an alien. Yeah, Duditz turns into I don't think the exact same alien, but no. sort of similar. Similar. And he infects him. He also has a weird barb tail. Yeah. And stabs Mr. Gray, and they have this weird thing where they collapse on each, each other. other and then disintegrate. Into red dust. Yeah. And then it so something that's like I did I I kind of figured, but um is it it sort of resembles a dream catcher when it's in the air. Yeah. So it's like you know wrap that up, and um. Jonesy squashes the baby before it gets to the water. Yep. And it ends. <laughs> he says something corny at the end. Yeah. Fuck, what was it? I don't remember, man. It's whatever. It was a very so, corny ending I, to a very corny yeah, film. So Dunnitz dies, <laughs> so that's 16, if we want to count Mr. Gray. I don't know. So 16 human or earth deaths, 
And then we have quite a few, including Mr. Gray, alien deaths. We're not going to count the aliens because there was a there, whole there massacre were a lot of earlier them. of that. A lot of deaths overall in this film. So something that's interesting that I knew about this going in was this book was originally, or the book was originally called Cancer. Yeah. And it's, it is supposed to be about cancer, cancer how it invades your body, um, that sort of thing. And like... I am also kind of like, we know that Duddits had leukemia, so did he infect Mr. Gray with his leukemia, or like, what, yeah, what, what have you? Yeah, what was going on there? I have a lot of questions about Duddits. I did look at a Reddit post, and I wanted to just kind of share. Very reputable source. Yeah, well, I, it was just a discussion, and I just want to share sort of my favorite one, because, you know, it's like, maybe he was an alien himself, but something that I liked was that an alien like Mr. Gray had possessed Duddits. So there was another, you know, there's another, Duddits had a hitchhiker hmm. since he was a child. Hmm. Because he has a human mother. Yeah. And he takes a human form. Yeah. And we do see him transform similar to how we see Jonesy transform when he eats Peter. Yeah. So I'm kind of on board with that. Where he and and it Ooh. could be because Duddits had the shining. And was able to kind of control the hitchhiker. Correct. Or and they were able to live cohesively and this guy what this alien was helping him then why wasn't jonesy able to quell the creature because he didn't have he only had t he had temporal like not temporal but like he had oh he like, only had one scope of the powers correct okay and so, yes duddits does have multiples of this correct powers. and and it's it's been a division of tracking versus the psychological powers correct okay. so that's sort of i like that that satisfies me enough i kind of like that idea too i don't know how else we'd kind of describe it because there is some question of like are these two alien species at war I and would, so then yeah, this one it's either like it's warring species because they look similar but they're kind of different. they are they are different you can kind of tell the yeah. coloring is different yeah, their coloring is different. Their heads are a little bit they're, off. Yeah. Um, they're probably not the same exact species. So I'm happy with that theory. And you're happy with this film. It's okay. Like, it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> it's it's you were not... You singing this praises earlier. Again, there are some things that I'm like, eh, about, but I think... There are a lot of things about it that I really like, and I actually enjoyed myself watching it. I... It didn't feel like two hours. Very similar to, um, very similar to the lighthouse. I, it didn't feel as long as it actually is. Whereas, like you know, with something like Pet Cemetery, it felt like it was it would not end. Oh my god, that old. There are just some movies that drags. feel like they do not end. It's like you can feel the minutes tick by on some movies. But I agree. I would say it did not feel like two hours. It was a jarring film. There was a lot of information being thrown at you and a lot of unanswered questions like, I mean, I don't even know if the book answers some of these questions. But yeah, the whole thing with Duddits. I don't think it does. The powers. 
Uh, you have to do a bit of the work here to mm-hmm. understand more of the, the situation here. But I would say that it's, you could still surmise a lot of the information on, on your own, like we have. Um, yeah. But I don't know if it's like totally true because it's sort of like just our base understanding of what we've been shown. And again, it, it's probably, I, I feel like it's left up to interpretation. Yeah. It really is. Could be, you know. So, I did want to see... <laughs> I want you... So, this is 2003. What do you think okay. the budget of this movie was? Ah, this had to have been a big budget film. There's a lot of background actors. There's a lot of big sets. And There's Morgan a, Freeman is in it. And Morgan Freeman, which is like, ooh, that's got to be 25% of the budget right there, right? Yep. I'm going to... Oh, man. Um, I'm going to give this, like... Knowing the lighthouse was what twenty million dollars, or was it ten million? I think it was a anyway. I think it was. I don't. It was eleven million, wasn't it? Maybe. Anyway, um, thirty million dollars, two thousand three. <laughs> Double that. Are you serious? This was a sixty million dollars. Sixty-eight movie. million. Sixty-eight million dollars in two thousand three. Are you fucking kidding? They threw so much at this. Oh, wow. And not all of it stuck. <laughs> oh, my God. There are amazing movies today that don't, don't even, like, hit that. So what That's do you think? That's $2,003. Holy shit. Someone <laughs> went all in on this gamble. Uh, yeah, Warner Bros. Uh, no, uh, who, did, who made this? Castle Rock Entertainment, Village Roadshow, Cassadin Pictures, NPV Entertainment, and WB Films. And it was distributed by Warner Brothers. So, yeah. What do you think the box office was? Bad. I want to say two million. (laughs) (laughs) I think this movie did terribly. It made 75.7 million. No! No, it did not. It made its budget back, but barely. No, it did not. It did. Who saw this movie? Who saw this movie? Who saw this? I was making a joke when I said two million. I know, yeah, like, but it's still considered. I a, don't. I do not it is believe considered it made a flop. Yeah. It, yeah. But so, if it makes you feel better, if it makes you feel better, the seven point seventy five point seven million is global. Okay. Domestic North American market. Made thirty three point six million. Is that does that make you feel a little better? No, <laughs> it doesn't. This is not a good movie. <laughs> I think it was fine. I just two thousand. What else came out around that time? You know. Uh, let's see. Let's see what came out that week. What this poor week? Dreamcatcher was number one that week. Why? What else was there? Bringing down the house. Was number two. Okay. View from the top is number three. Agent Cody Banks is number four. <laughs> Do you remember that movie? <laughs> oh, wow. What a bad week. The Haunted was number five. Chicago was number six. Piglet's Big Movie was number seven. Tears of the Sun was eight. Old School was nine. And Boat Trip was ten. Damn. We also, I mean, so I'm not going to give you like but we also have like how to lose a guy in 10 days daredevil cradle to the grave the pianist about schmidt 
The Jungle Book 2, Shanghai Nights, Lord of the Rings 2 Towers. <laughs> I don't think, but I think it'd been, it, it had been out for a while at that point. I'm shocked. Gangs of New York, Catch Me If You Can, Final Destination 2. These are all things that are in, in the theater at this time. Um, but so th this is opening. Movies. So yeah, it, it opening weekend. It's, it's, it grosses, uh, number one. There are so many better films. I can't believe people chose this. Again, that's also me this. not saying like some of those movies had been out in theaters for a little while. So we're looking at like some movies that have, you know, they, they aren't earning as much because they had already raked in a fuck ton. But, but you know what? Steven still got his paycheck. Yep. Uh, the, he did. You're right. <laughs> um, so the director, who is Lawrence Caston, he said, Dreamcatcher left him wounded career-wise. <laughs> I bet, buddy. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, oh, my it's lord. Like, it was a bad deal, man. <laughs> yeah, it has a 28% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I it, it has a four point seven three out of ten on uh you know just in, that's like its average rating. It's cinema score of C plus on an A plus to F scale. Jeez. Um, and well, you know there are a lot of talented people in this movie, but you know it just did not pan out. And um, it, it's really interesting because the rating on Amazon Prime video, which is where we watched it, was a four and a half out of five based on like 3,000 reviews. And I'm really surprised. <laughs> um, Roger Ebert also didn't like this movie. It's a dream catcher begins as an intriguing story of friends who share a telepathic gift and ends as a monster movie of stunning awfulness. What went wrong? <laughs> and gave it a 1.4 out of five. Oh boy, he did not like it. No, so that is that was my choice if to watch it, Dreamcatcher. If you thanks for thanks for joining us on this journey and <laughs> listening to a podcast <laughs> that is the length of the movie. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. It is interesting. Um, <laughs> That's really all we can give you. I mean... Again, I didn't... It's not... I enjoyed myself. I feel like if you want to watch a movie that's, like, mediocre and entertaining... Mediocre but entertaining, give it a shot, maybe, if this if you have nothing better else to do. Honestly, you don't need to watch this movie. I did, and... Watch Alien. Watch Alien. <laughs> watch a better... Watch anything else. Don't just settle for Dreamcatcher. Why settle it, for Dreamcatcher when you have the entire Alien series? Seriously, it's almost the same <sighs> film, but better. But this one takes place in Maine. There you go. I, I liked their, their like, it, I, again, I'm like, it's Maine. Oh, yeah. Let's, they did a good job. They did a good job portraying Maine. Like, they got small details. I was like, this is Maine. Like, yeah, thank you. Good they job. Did. They did a good job. No accents, which was fine. But yeah, they did a good job. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean, Donnie Wahlberg's in it. He's from Massachusetts, and they're in Massachusetts part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Everything's fine. Well, uh... Thank you for joining us for another for bonus us. episode. Yeah. And do you want... You know what we're doing next month. We know that these do not get the plays, but we do it for ourselves. What so. do you want... What are we doing next month? Ooh. We're going to be doing... Choosing? 
The Mist. Which I've never seen. I'm very excited because Jackson likes this movie. I do. Um, I've seen, I think, almost all of the miniseries as well. And I've also read read The Mist. You have? Yes, I have. Cool. Yeah, I read it in high school. Okay, I guess I... don't I, know why I read I it I guess I have school. to read it so that way I'll be on the same level as you. It's not long. I gotta get on your level. Get on my level, dude. It's not long. No. Yeah. Uh, well, you can thanks reach for listening, out to everybody. us on our Twitter you at HGHPod episode, or on our Instagram at Homegrown Horror Pod. <laughs> we'll <laughs> see you Thursday next. for another episode. Bye. Bye.